from the campus of Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. You're listening to the G Suite Podcast, where we discuss all things Zach business. Episode 11. Simone Hometa's Dwell Day plays on the U.S. field hockey team with hopes to making the LA 2028 Olympics. During the day, he's a senior financial analyst at Nike. Originally from Barcelona, Simone played collegiate tennis. He talks of the influences that Gonzaga, cross-cultural experiences, and friends have had on his life's trajectory. Well, great to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. You're looking, fab- You're looking fabulous. Um, I actually, it, let's let's start with field hockey. Give me the quick field hockey. Uh, uh, what's yeah. going on there? So pretty random, uh, honestly. I if I look back like five years ago, I never would have thought I'd be doing this, but. I grew up playing field hockey, actually, until in Spain, it's pretty common, uh, until I was 12 when I moved to the U.S. with my family, and then we moved to Portland, so there's no, like, field hockey in Portland, so that's when I stopped playing uh, and picked up tennis, but then I graduated college, and, you know, like, I wanted to keep that competitive spirit going, wanted to stay active, stay in sports, and I found out there was a men's field hockey national team in the U.S., and at that time, I had just gotten my U.S. citizenship, and I was like, it was always my dream as a little kid to be in the Spanish national team because my grandpa played for the, Spain in the Olympics, and I wanted to honor him. And that dream kind of got crushed when I moved to the U.S. So I was like, wait, <laughs> this is like a way to like get back on that. Uh, and so I trained for like about a year and was able to get myself on the team. Uh, and that's just kind of kept me traveling around the world, kept me working hard, staying fit, and meeting some new people. So it's been great. It's been a, a cool journey. And we were down in uh, in Prague this summer. We played Poland, Ukraine, and Czech Republic, uh, which was a pretty unique experience. But yeah, I never would have thought I'd be playing one for the United States and two field hockey uh, at this point in my life. But That is so, that's so awesome. And and so Nike, your day job, they support that. They, I mean, they love, must yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah, the thing like the thing about field hockey, it's most professional sports you can make a living, or like the big ones you can make a living. Field hockey, like almost all players don't make a living out of field hockey. So like everyone has a job on the side. Uh, and so one, Nike's been super supportive. You know, like if I need to work remotely from certain places during certain times of the year because we have like training camps or or games, uh, they're fully supportive. Um, and then most of the guys on the U.S. team, they they all have jobs that they're balancing with with sports. So I kind of see it honestly as like what I was doing at GU, where I was balancing academics and sports. So uh, it trained me well for sure. That's dude, that's awesome. So and are we are we competitive? Are we pretty good? I mean, you mentioned in Spain, it's huge. So I imagine they're yeah. really good. Um, I'd say we're pretty good. Yeah, we're top twenty five in the in the world. Uh, we haven't qualified for the Olympics although it is an Olympic sport, uh, but we just got fourth in the Pan America Games, and um, we should be able to qualify for the LA 28 Olympics, because if you host, you automatically get a bid, as long as we stay within uh, the top 25 by this summer. So, fingers cool. crossed. So, so you might be an Olympian. That is freaking awesome. We'll, <laughs> wow. see. We'll, we'll see where I'm at in 2028, but that's the dream. That's the goal. Does, now, does, does Nike sponsor the team, or...? No, we're sponsored by Osaka. I'm trying to get us sponsored by Nike. Nike hasn't been super receptive, but, you know, just going to keep pushing them. Uh, but we'll see. It'll be good. Wow. that Dude, that's incredible. I think I recently had heard that maybe Peggy Sue had sent something out. Like, does it, everyone remembers Simone. Like, he's he's on the team. This is, and I was like, wow. That's all. And I was like, I thought he played. Then I was like, oh, he played tennis. Yeah. Uh, but now that that makes sense. Well, well, so I got a little, you got me excited. I got ahead of ourselves. But so, so you mentioned some things. Take, take me back, take me back to your formative years in, in Barcelona. Just notice my correct. Uh, yeah, look at that. There. Yeah. How was, how, how was it? Was it, was it? Perfect. <laughs> my, my wife uh, speaks pretty good Spanish. Um, and I went to Argentina with her and I, mine is so awful. And she's finally just like, just stop talking, please. Like, it's I, embarrassing to I, I heard that in one of your podcasts. Oh, you yeah, you're awesome. Yeah. So, um, awesome. So, okay. So, so take me, so you're in Barca. G- give me the story. Give me the story. Yeah. Honestly, like grew up in Barcelona, Spain, uh, like all my family's from there. 
And in 2010, I remember this perfectly. My parents sat me and my brothers on the couch in the living room and they said, hey, uh, just want to let you guys know we're going to be moving to the U.S., uh, to Portland, Oregon, um, as a family this summer. This was like three months before moving. And I was like, the first thing I said, actually, it wasn't so much about being sad about leaving my friends or family. It was like, wait, but well, there's no field hockey in Portland. Oh, like wow. I was obsessed with field hockey. Yeah. Uh, and I was so sad and stuff. But yeah, honestly, moving to Portland was really scary. Looking back on it, like I didn't speak any English. I remember the first day of school, like my mom was showing me a video the other day, you know, I was like shaking, like so nervous. I didn't know what to say. Like all I knew was to say like, hi, yes, my name is Simone and thank you. Um, but no, like now that I look back and reflect on the experience, it's been like an amazing experience. I'm so thankful for my parents to uh, do that as a team all together. Um, and just like, I don't know, English opens the doors to so many things. And and you realize like it's okay to be uncomfortable. Like at that point, I was so uncomfortable. I didn't speak the language, complete new culture. Um, but you know, you like you just gotta adapt and be forced that you're gonna be okay. Like it's not the end of the world. You get a new experience and it just pushes you to grow and mature and think in, in many different ways. Like now that I look like I go back to Spain and and because I've maintained really good contact with my friends, thanks to my parents that we go back every summer and winter break. Um, and I look back and I like see and, and and notice the differences between me and my friends. Like I'm very more like it's kind of like a worldwide mindset rather than it's more like closed mind. Like when you're in Spain, you really just think about Spain, maybe Europe, but not so much out outside of that. And now that I've one been in the U.S., but thanks to that, I've also been been able to travel around the world. It's just opens your mind to so many different cultures and you want to learn. But but yeah, we originally came for two years in Portland. And I'm on year, what is it, 2023, so year 13. Actually, my my family's all moved back to Europe. It's just me in yeah. Portland. Uh, I have another brother in Miami, and then the other one actually just moved back to Spain. Um, but yeah, no, it's an amazing experience. And through that, that helped me. You know, I because there was no field hockey, um, I picked up tennis. I was already playing tennis in Spain, but not as competitively. And my dad played college tennis, actually, at LSU um and so that kind of inspired me oh like that'd be a great thing to do like if there's an opportunity for me to do that here in the U.S. um and I was playing tennis with the idea to go play college tennis but I wasn't like set like I'm gonna play college tennis and then I remember we went to LSU for an alumni event and saw all my dad's teammates went to like a college tennis match and I think I was like a sophomore in high school and just like the environment like really like inspired me motivated like wow this would be amazing to do in college so from then on, I just went like, I'm going to go all out and try to do it. And that's how I kind of ended at Gonzaga. Dude, that's awesome. And tennis is an incredible, for me, a spectator sport. It's, I kind of, I kind of place it on the playing side with golf, like something you have to do when you're young. Cause it's like, I, I dabbled a little bit, like I've played with good players and they're just, the precision is like, so Maybe that's my maybe that's a me issue on the athletic. No, no, no. It's a tough sport to pick up. Like, yeah, yeah. If you, start, if you don't start at a young age, it's super tough. That's why everyone's playing pickleball now. I know. Much I, easier to pick up, way easier. Like I can go out and play with my friends pickleball that haven't played tennis and have fun. Like we have a competitive match. If I go and play tennis with those people, I would get bored. That's so good. Yeah. sure. Yeah. Dude, that's incredible. And so your parents were with Nike. That's why they got, they did a rotation in Portland. Yeah. So my dad was at Nike in Spain. And then he, he got like, he pretty much was asked like, Hey, if you want to keep staying in the company and keep growing, like there's not much room here in Spain, you kind of have to go abroad. And it was either Amsterdam or Portland. And my parents were like, Amsterdam's a little close, like similar cultures ish. Like you're still in Europe. Let's go full out and go to the U S like, you know, there's so much opportunity over there and it'd be great for our kids um to do it and so yeah that's that's what we did I was so scared but now it's like one of the best things that's happened in my life yeah so that this really resonates with me because I'm teaching in Florence in spring 25 wow super super excited we're still working out details I guess it's not like a 100% I, I have a call with the folks over there on that campus after Thanksgiving I think but um if, if I do get to go I'm going to have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old and I I might not just my nine-year-old but I want to put my six-year-old in Italian school 
For sure. Just because I think, like, I'm envisioning, like, he'll cry the first week, and then he'll be cool, and he'll be speaking Italian when he, when he comes home from school, and I won't understand it, obviously, but <laughs> your, your, your commentary on, yeah, it was hard, but I got through it, and I have a whole new mindset just about the yeah. world, and I, I think that's huge, man. I think that's the whole reason we study abroad or travel or do whatever. Um, exactly. That's incredible, man. I, I tell you what, and it's also like if you pick up a language at a young age, it's way easier. Like my mom, for example, when she speaks English, she has an accent because she didn't fully learn English until she was much older. Yeah. Um, but for me and my brothers, like we were, I was like 12 years old, and now I barely have an accent. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you crushed it. You crushed it at Gonzaga academically. So I, I mean, you you just fine. Your your comprehension of English probably English is probably better than mine. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. So <clears throat> okay, so you're playing high school. Did you go to Jesuit or I went to uh, Lakers? We don't want, I don't like talking about Jesuit. They're good at everything. I apologize. I apologize, <laughs> I apologize to you. Uh, and the, I went to Lakers. Uh, yeah. We did look at going to Jesuit, but um, I mean Lakers. Lake Oswego, which were, was where we were living within Portland, has great public schools and it's much convenient. Like I was a two minute drive from my high school rather than Jesuit would have been like a 20 plus. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get when you in, in Barcelona, did you guys live in the city or did you live in the birds? Yeah. We we lived in the city, uh like uh 15 minutes drive from Sagrada Familia, I'd say. That's okay. like a nice reference point. But and we still we still live there. Like my parents still live in that apartment. Awesome. Uh, and we go back. When I go back, I stay there. Um, but yeah, it's great. And we grew up Catholic, so when I told my like my family, like my grandparents, that I was going to Gonzaga, they were super happy. Yeah, awesome. Um, it's a Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. I drove once in Barcelona when I was in college. Total, total scary, yeah. Total chaos. Total chaos. Yeah, but it was good. Traffic, I mean, it was good growth opportunity, right? Yeah, exactly. The traffic is so bad. That's why everyone drives like motorcycles because you can like yeah. go between cars. Um, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I remember it was a Sunday and I had to find a parking spot, and I was like, I don't know what the rules are, so I'm trying to communicate with the local shopkeeper. I, I didn't get towed. I didn't get. It didn't get booted or towed. So I'm. I'm I was. I did okay, but. Okay, so now, so you're in Portland, you're in high school, you're working hard on tennis, and you've always, I mean, I've known you for a while, you've always been motivated and focused, things are going well, you get, you get, you, you land at Gonzaga, so, so tell me about that transition, <laughs> now yeah. you're in Spokane, right? <laughs> so. Exactly, no, honestly, like, I, when I was, Gonzaga is actually the only school I applied for. Awesome. But uh, yeah, when I was looking at schools, I was looking at I did my both my brothers went to state schools. They went to U of O, and when I visited when I visited them, I was like a little overwhelmed. Like the whole concept of having classrooms with like three hundred people, I just didn't think I would do well in that environment. Um, I prefer having the opportunity to have a connection with the professor. I mean, look at us. You know, I had you as a professor, and I'm able to have this connection, which is amazing. But yeah, I was looking like at schools that were. A little bit bigger than my high school. I think my high school had like 2,000 or 1,500 students, but not crazy big, like like a state school like where you have like 20,000 students. Um, so I was looking at some schools on the East Coast um, and then like mostly like UP and Gonzaga on the West Coast and schools that I would be able to combine both athletics with academics because I knew like one, I'm not going to be a professional tennis player um and two but i do want to be able to combine like some sort of competitive tennis with academics and uh yeah i went to actually went to spokane for a tennis tournament when i was in high school and the gonzaga coach randomly watched me play because he was actually recruiting the person that i was playing against and i think that person like was really nervous because they were getting recruited at that moment where I, like for me, I had nothing to lose and I played really well. And I just got his attention. He invited me over to visit the campus. And that was like really my first time, like the first moment of like getting recruited uh, for tennis was through the Gonzaga coach. And I was like so excited. And uh, I think that really was just like marked like a, like a memory point that I always remember uh, and like made it so special already about Gonzaga. Um, and then, I, when I visited that summer, he was like, hey, come down, like, in the fall, we got to take you to a basketball game. And so 
I, I wasn't, I didn't know what I was signing myself up for. So I was like, oh, basketball, like it must be cool. Like I didn't, I hadn't really watched college sports. Um, I was a junior in high school, I think. So I went down there and watched a, a basketball game and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I just got this sense of community. Like everyone's just so passionate about being a Zag and you really feel that like everyone's together, wants to help each other. Um, it just felt like a unique place. And after I visited that Gonzaga, I honestly like had five other visits scheduled for other schools. And within a week, I canceled them all. And I told the coach, I said, hey, I'm, I'm going here. Like, you know, like, when you get a gut feeling that that place is right. That's what I got and never looked back. And I don't regret it a single bit. Like best four years of my life. Um, yeah, it's it's such an uh, amazing and special place, Gonzaga. Like, I don't know, hard to describe with words. It, I, I completely, completely agree. It's just, it, it is a special place for sure. Um, that's that's. I, I actually, I saw the the tennis team there in the pool yesterday doing workout. They didn't look happy when they were in the pool. <laughs> and the coach was outside the pool, but other than that, I'm sure everything's yeah. awesome, right? Yeah, so. Um, crazy. So then, so you studied accounting. Did you do another concentration in the business school? Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I actually came to Gonzaga not wanting to do accounting. Okay. And I'll give credit to Kathy DeHart on that. Awesome. The best. Professor DeHart, more, like literally made me switch into accounting, uh, convinced me, did not make me, but I actually came to Gonzaga with the idea of being a double major in finance and computer science. Okay. I did one class in the First semester did computer science, and then second semester did the second computer science class, and I like just realized like this is not for me. Uh, so I ended up dropping that major, but I was like, okay, I want to have something more than just a finance concentration, and I ended up going for BMIS because like oh, it's kind of similar to computer science, but in the business school. And then sophomore year, we did the intro to accounting classes, and I had to heart first semester and I feel like accounting is the kind of thing where like it either clicks or it doesn't like you're either going to be good at it or you're going to really struggle and it's painful and it just kind of clicked for me like I've always loved numbers uh kind of been like a math geek and uh DeHart just like approached me and was like hey like we're trying to like recruit um students to do go into the accounting world and I just never really like considered or educated myself of what an accountant looks like um, until then and kind of just heard more about it and the career opportunities and where it can take you. And I was just convinced. I said, Hey, like, why not? Like, why not do it? I have the privilege that it is. It does. Accounting does click for me. Um, let's go for it. And I think it's a great combination with, uh, with finance. Um, so yeah, I did finance and accounting and then I, the minor in entrepreneurial leadership through the Hogan program, uh, which I met some great people there and Dan Stewart is the man. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I love, love, love all that, man. It's it's such a great opportunity, Hogan. And and I've mentioned it on the on this podcast before. It's you know, it's the it's like the honors program in 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 the uh in the business school. Really cool opportunities there. And I, you know, <clears throat> accounting, goods and bads, goods and bads to everything. One of the goods uh I find in accounting is professional development because the the recruiting system, and, and that really has to do with the firms, uh, is so honed at an early stage, um, you know, and you see someone come in as a sophomore, and then that spring, they start the interview process, yeah. and, you know, they're getting, you know, flown to Seattle and put up in a hotel for second round interviews, and when students walk out of that semester or a semester or two of recruiting, I mean, the the professional development, I think, is 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 pretty unparalleled. So it's it's for sure pretty awesome. So yeah, and, yeah. and accounting's not easy. Like <laughs> it ain't easy. It ain't, we we have the, you know we have the privilege at Gonzaga, and I mean it speaks to why the accounting program is so well known. Um, but we have amazing professors, and I, I mean, you, DeHart, uh, I had they these professors that really impacted me. Um, and just, you just like, you know, accounting, sometimes people might feel like it's boring, but the, the professors I can die are what made it fun for me. Like That's I awesome. came into class energized and wanting to learn. 
because of the environment that you guys created. Um, so no, it's, and also the students, you know, because everyone's kind of on the same boat in the accounting uh, major. Like I had a great group of uh, um, other students that we studied together uh, between Julie, Olivia Banks, yes. uh, Ben Hogan. So it was, it was great. Like honestly, just the grind, like late nights studying, preparing for the exams. Uh, it was McPherson that like, I think he had like the multiple choice was like six different options. Like everyone was like, <laughs> McNeilis, that's McNeilis. Oh, McNeilis. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's like A through Q. Like, you're like, what, what, how am I going to get this? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. And like when you form these study groups, like it's so good. Like for me, I would have not been able to be nearly as successful in the accounting uh, degree if it wasn't for the study group that I had, because we're going through the exercises, all the exercises together, explaining it to one another. And in a way, you're just kind of like teaching each other right. the material that's already been taught to us in class um, and maybe on a different approach. Or But when you teach someone, you learn it yourself better. Oh, like, truth, 100%, 100%. Yeah. And a lot of times they didn't really feel like we were starting. We were just hanging out and talking to County. as maybe nerdy as that sounds. It was a great time. Party. I tell I try to tell people it's a party. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, and I think that's about it, it's interesting. It, <clears throat> accounting's challenging. Um, and it's and I tell students it's in part, it's not like it's rocket science, but it's like nothing you've seen before up to that point in your education. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a different way of thinking and and to you kind of have to get a lot of reps in like in tennis right like i'm getting reps to get the muscle memory right i'm just i'm getting the mental realigning the synapse in my brain to kind of think like an accountant or a tax professional or um and it, we attract a lot of athletes there's a lot of athletes in the program a lot of always been tennis players always uh track leads um soccer um and we get even occasional basketball player um so kelly olenic was was an accounting major he was the very first class i taught yeah yeah, wow. I remember him coming to the office. He'd have to duck, duck underneath the door, and um, but um, yeah, it's 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 cool, and I th and I agree with you. I mean, I have tremendous colleagues, uh, and they and, and everyone care in the building, not even even outside of accounting. In the building, people care about your progress as a student, and and sometimes that can be tough, right? It can be, hey, I'm gonna need a little more out of you. Um, you know, it's not just like you're gonna get spoon fed everything. That's not how this is gonna work, but. Um, that's like you say, it's, it's a special place. So, um, and then after, did you go to a firm right after? Yeah. So I actually entered the recruiting process late because I was, I didn't know I was going to be an accounting major right. until fall of junior year. Um, but I contacted, uh, actually professor DeHart put me in touch with, uh, like the big four in, in Portland, not Seattle, because I knew I wanted to be in Portland, uh, and KPMG just like was like the first one really to reach out um quickly and i ended up landing an internship for uh the summer going into my senior year at kpmg um and from there i got the full-time job offer uh to start once i graduated so yeah yeah the internship was fun for sure yeah and did you say in portland or did you do it yeah I, I did it in portland we did go to seattle for the one day trip or something but yeah, it was it was good. I did crash like all the KPMG like Seattle events at sure. Gonzaga. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so back in PDX. Now, when you went back there, was it parents were already back home, and, and when you started back in Spain, or um, let me think. So when I interned, they were actually in Argentina. Uh, my right. parents moved when I went to college. They moved down to Brazil for a year, and then Argentina yeah. uh, for because they were empty nesters. Uh, yeah. But when I started full-time, they were actually living in Portland at that time. They just moved back like a year ago. Your parents sound like the coolest people ever, by the way. <laughs> I love to travel. Argentina for a while, why not, you know? <laughs> so. I mean, but all these experiences that they've gone is <clears throat> through Nike. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's such an amazing place to work. Yeah, so that, it sounds like it. And I know, I know you're at Nike now. So you did a couple years at the firm. You got a CPA? Yeah, actually, it's funny. Uh, I only lasted six months. Okay. <laughs> and it, it's not because I like quit and started looking for other jobs. Like I was enjoying it. Um, I did do all the CPA exams. I actually did them through the state of Washington because I believe in Washington, you can take them while you're still finishing 
your 150 credits. While in Oregon, you can't until you have the 150. They changed. We changed that rule, but back then you could do that. Yeah. Well, you can't anymore. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, now it's you can. So the rule that you were under was if you were in six months or 180 days of taking of of having 150, you could start taking the exam. So people yes. six months before they graduate are taking. Now it's you can start taking it at 120, but you have to have a degree. Uh, oh, okay. And I think there were some unintended consequences when people were thinking about that that rule. But it, that that's neither here nor there. So okay, so you so you you take the you take the acceptance. Uh, yeah, exams. I took. I guess I might. I have to stop giving that advice to accounting students then, yeah, because I took the exams. My last semester of college, I actually got them all out of the way by the time I graduated. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so that was great. Like. When I thought about it, I was like, I the last thing I want to do while I'm working is to be taking the exams. Why not do them while I'm already in the studying mode? 100%. And I think I was taking 12 credits my last semester, so I had the bandwidth to do it. Um, but yeah, going through those exams, a grind, but so rewarding. Like seeing that you pass the exam is like, oh, it just honestly, I I think I took I took far first, and when I passed that because. It, they say far is like the hardest. Um, it gave me like this confidence boost, like, oh, I can do these next three and just kind of like stayed on the grind. The tax one, super interesting. I don't know. Like, I feel like they teach you things that you can apply later down your entire life, you know, like yeah. taxes. It's so important to know taxes, even if you're not an accounting degree or like a non-business degree, like it's super valuable. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I got them out of the way uh, before I started at KBMG, but then I started at KBMG. We are started got delayed because of COVID. Um, um, I started in October, did a couple of inventory counts. Uh, then I went, uh, I did one busy season. Um, and then after the busy season, I was just kind of like networking, talking career, because I knew I was going to go into public accounting for like two years and then go out and do something else yeah um, but i was talking to someone that was at nike at that time in finance that had done public accounting at kpmg in portland um yeah. so chatting with him uh just talking life and i was like you oh, know this is what i'm looking for blah blah and he goes hey uh i know you're not really looking to jump to a new job but we have a job opening on our team um he goes you're probably not gonna get it we're asking I think he said three years of experience. We're asking for three years of experience, um, but you know, I can get you in the pool of candidates, just go through the interview to get more comfortable and see what the interview process is like at Nike so that when you're later down the road, when you're ready to go, like you've got already gone through it. So I was like, oh sure, like I have nothing to lose. Um, so I entered the interview process and because he told me that I'm probably not gonna get it, I was so relaxed in the interviews and just wanted to be myself and kind of network, get to know the people that I was interviewing with. And then I remember like three weeks later, I get a call and they're like, hey, like, we just want to say like, congratulations. The moment I heard the word congratulations, I was like so confused. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you ended up getting the job. Like, you know, we know you don't have the most experience, but we think you're a great fit for the team, for the culture, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like in a tough spot because for to get your CPA license, first of all, you need a year of public accounting experience. I only had six months. Yeah. Two, like, I didn't want to, you know, I had gone through the business season, so at least I didn't leave my team hanging, like, in the middle of business season. But I was enjoying the people that I was working with. Like, it wasn't that I hated my job, really. So it was a tough decision to make. But Nike was always, like, a dream company for me to work for, especially after everything that it's given to my family. I feel so connected to it. So it was, like, hard to pass up on it. And I ended up making the decision, hey, uh, since I'm switching to finance, I probably won't be an accountant. Yeah. Uh, road, I won't necessarily need my CPA, but I guess I can still technically get it. But I do have the four exams, which I think that gives a little bit of respect yeah. uh, to people that I get to work with. I think, honestly, that's also one of the reasons why I ended up landing the Nike job was because I had passed the four exams. Because um, it just, if you have those four exams, it shows that you can work hard and you yeah. are willing to grind. Um, but yeah, I ended up leaving public accounting after six months, but I actually still stay connected with KPMG Portland people. I went to their Christmas party last year. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's what you need. It's, you, you need the invites yeah. to the parties, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I made the jump into finance. 
So well, that and that's and I mean, so much overlap and interrelated with with accounting and um, I mean, you're in a good place. Um, so many people, so many of the people I work with come from a big four. Uh, yeah, background. yeah. I'll leave that out there. Like, public accounting sets you up for success for sure. Most yeah. of the people I work with, they were there for much longer than me. But I'd say seventy percent of the people in finance that I work with came from big four. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you, I, I hear it all the time. I mean, it's it's a great apprenticeship, right? And for some people, it's great to stay there and go on to be a partner. But for most, you are honed in so many, you know, accounting and finance related uh, skill sets that that you're real valuable. And, and I mean, usually after about two years, you you got it early, but people start hey, reaching out to you, the jobs, job opportunities. And like you said, no intention to stay, to leave after six months, but the right opportunity came up at the right time. I mean, why not? Why not? So that's yeah. awesome. You you mentioned <clears throat> the Nike interview process. Is there something, you know, and maybe this is trade secrets that you can't, you can't share, but I know like at, at you hear stories at certain companies, they have a unique way of interviewing. Is there anything, anything special? Yeah, honestly, for, I think it varies what kind of team you're applying for and what role, because mine was a financial analyst role. Um, and in a way, it's an entry level job. Uh, it's not as technical. Like, I think they asked me a couple, like two technical questions, but it, it was a lot of like, they wanted to get to know how you are, how you work. Like if you're a good fit for the culture and the team, really. Um, and so I did three different interviews with the three different directors on the team that I was going to join. Um, so it was very, I don't know, very relaxed. Awesome. And uh, we don't wear suit and ties for the interview. Oh. Uh, it's very casual. So <laughs> Awesome. And, and don't you, don't you get like a personal trainer in an hour a day on campus? <laughs> Not a personal trainer, no, but we do. I mean, the campus is crazy. I had a couple of buddies from Spain visit me and showed them around. And they're just like, you work here? And it looks like a playground. Like we have three different gyms. Uh, two tennis courts, four pickleball courts, uh, two different soccer fields, a swimming pool, a putting green, orange theory in there. Like, and people like you'll see during the day, they'll go, you see people running around our campus, um, in the gym, working out like the work-life balance. I think is amazing. And for someone like me that comes from like an athletic background, uh, it's, you're just surrounded by a bunch of people that are so passionate about the brand. Yeah. They just want to stay active, you know? And, it's not the, you need to be at your desk from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. It's like, get your work done. If you go in the middle of the day, get a workout in, we know you're just going to stay working longer and that's okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. And do, is it like, hey, Jordan's Jordan's in town or Tiger Woods is in town? I mean, is there, is, not, are there days like that where you got like superstars? I mean, it's not often. It's not like an every week thing, but like even Obama was here like a month ago. He was... Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. to get too close to yeah. Obama, right? But uh, and Jordan just came two weeks ago to give a talk to the Jordan Jordan employees. Um, yeah, we had like our JDI day, which is like our annual event. A bunch of famous people came. It was for the 50th anniversary. We had like Ronaldinho come, Ronaldo. Uh, yeah, all these amazing basketball stars. Drake came. Travis Scott came and performed. It was just another level. Wow. I've been I've been on campus once when I was at Gonzaga and we went down to the Portland game for basketball. Uh -huh. Everybody lived in Beaverton. We we stayed at his place and we're like, let's go. So we were walking around and then security got us and kicked us off like after 10 minutes or something like that. So that's as close as I've been to well, if, if you're ever down in Portland, let me know. I'd be more than happy to give you a tour. Dude, I I, I totally love it. And then, and you mentioned earlier, so you're you're in Guadalajara. You're in the Guadalajara field office right now. Is that what you said? Yeah, I'm in the Guadalajara Nike office. Nike yeah. office, okay. And is it so? You're it's flexible enough for they're just like you're like yeah. I'm going to work out in Guadalajara for a week or two. Is that cool? So we get four weeks out of the year that you can kind of work remotely, um, and then the other time of the year, you as of now, we have to be in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. But actually, starting in January, will be Monday through Thursday in the office, and then Friday remote. Um, but yeah, I'm taking. I mean, I came down here with the intention to take PTO for two weeks, uh, like vacation time. <clears throat> but I just have to do a couple of things, and the beauty of it is I'm at a place where we have an office. Like we have offices all over the world. Even when I go to Barcelona, 
to visit family, like I work out of the Barcelona office. That's awesome. Like, and you meet people like that work at the same company as you, but are such like such different backgrounds. I don't know. I love it. Like coming from an international background, like that's what I look for. Uh, to be around a diverse group of people. Yeah. Um, so it, it's so awesome. And just I also indescribable, right? Like perspectives and you know, talking to someone and hearing their story or seeing how they interact or solve problems. It's it's so it's it's an it's an incredible thing. Um and I think you know you, you talked about languages earlier. Um that's a such a huge advantage. I think once you learn a language, uh, you know, it's it's reflective of a different approach to thinking and solving problems. And I mean, so beneficial in so many ways. And of course, I'm horrible languages, so I should be talking like I know what I'm talking about. But I'm hoping you agree with that on some level. Oh, for sure. And, and that's something I learned from my dad, for sure. Um, like, for example, he ended up being going down to Brazil to be the, the general manager of Nike for Brazil. <clears throat> and I guarantee you one of the reasons he was able to land that was because he was fluent in Portuguese. Back when we were living in Spain, he just learned Portuguese and he came fluent at it. And he, when we were back in Portland, he just maintained it. And I mean, when you know the language, it makes you such a much stronger candidate to go work at a country where that's the language they speak, for sure. Yeah. Is it is it a pretty easy transition, like Spanish to Italian, Portuguese to, you know, Spanish? Yes, they're very similar, for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't speak any Portuguese, but when I went down to Brazil to visit my family, I could understand, pick up some things. And, like, when I'm reading a menu, for sure, uh, it's just the speed they they talk. Sometimes right. Right. Nice, but... And I imagine Brazilian Portuguese is probably its own dialect on some yeah. level, too, but you can, you can get by it. But, wow, that's awesome. So, financial analyst at Nike, so tell me a little about your role. Yeah, so I ended up doing, so that role that I landed at Nike, um, financial analyst for in global business planning, um, very high level, uh, and really what I was doing in that role, because I've moved on, um, at that time I was analyzing like weekly revenue at a global, for all of Nike brand, um, and consolidating the, the revenues across the different geographies that we operate in, um, so that gave me exposure to so many people because I had to work with people in Europe, had to work with people in North America, people in Asia, uh, people in here in what we call uh, APLA is Asia Pacific and Latin America. So people in South America and Central America. Um, so all over the world. And that was super interesting, just like analyzing the business. I mean, I was seeing all the numbers, like I wasn't limited to one territory, one country's revenue. It was global, all of it. Um, and tracking revenue, the different KPIs that impact revenue, like where it's like traffic or conversion in the stores and all of that. But yeah, just analyzing the business from like a channel level, like we sell product through Nike brand sells product through Nike Direct, which is uh, digital and then uh, NSO, which we call our own stores and then NBS, which we call our factory stores where we have more of like our clearance product. And then we have our wholesale partners um where we like a dick sporting goods that sells our product so just learning the dynamics i'm like how do we get the product to the consumer like there's what many different avenues and analyzing those different channels the size of it the profitability things like that and then after that role i moved on to a team that was within my bigger team um and i got promoted to senior analyst um on the in-year performance team and that's more similar to what I was doing, like analyzing the business from a channel perspective, um, but more of the geographies. So still working with all the geographies and just analyzing business on how's North America's performance, how's greater China's performance, how's Europe's performance, um, rather than just like how that channel specifically is performing. It's been great. Like, yes, it's, you're very high level and kind of like far from the actual consumer, but it gives you a really good base on how Nike works, how do we bring in revenue? How do we drive profitability um, and things like that? So it's it's really good, like full portfolio management. And I'm in a team where I get to work with amazing leaders that I get to sit at a table and learn from them. Um, and I, I can't complain, like I've, the leadership exposure that I get from this role is amazing. And, but I am thinking like for my next role to get closer to the business, maybe into a geography uh, and closer to the consumer. But that's the beauty about Nike. Like you do a role for one and a half to two years and you move on to another one. 
there's endless opportunities and awesome. it's it's crazy like you I have a very open dialogue with my manager about my next role like and they help me and support me to land that next role like it's part of the culture at Nike you know like they know you're here for x amount of years and you're going to move on that's awesome have you have you met Phil Knight yet no not personally I have seen him I had it so we had a talk on campus this September where it was John Donahue our CEO and Phil Knight and you kind of had to sign up and see if you got selected because it was like limited capacity in the auditorium and I got selected to it and it was quite a good talk I mean that that man has done amazing things for sure for sure yeah, so you haven't met him yet, but you have met Sam Howard, the Zag guy. Did, did we ever connect you with Sam Howard? He does supply chain, I think. It, uh, no, I've met some other Zags. Okay, we'll have to get you hooked up with. He does some cool stuff, too. Similar story. He was an MIS major, and through a roundabout way, he ends up at Nike and does supply chain, which is probably super sophisticated with all the product you're moving around yeah. uh, the world. So, um, wow, crazy. I'm, I'm envious. I'm, I'm envious. You're you're doing cool stuff, but Man, um, I'm, I'm living the dream. I can't complain. I'm working for my dream company, playing my dream sport uh, and getting to travel the world, which is amazing. And like, I see myself having a long-term career at Nike. And the beauty of it is that there's so many international experiences. Like you're not just limited to working in Portland, you know, like you can go work in Europe, you can go work in Asia, work here in Mexico. Like it's, it's amazing. And you get to, be around people that are so passionate like about the brand like since the day they were born so for sure hey, what's what's your temp down there right now what's your uh, uh fahrenheit probably like mid 80s wow like, i'm in a t-shirt for sure around this and i'm getting warm outside where and are you, are you close to the beach you getting some beach time or uh we may go to the beach this weekend we'll see uh haven't decided yet um but yeah so, so in Spokane right now, we, we're at currently at 34 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Has uh, the snow come yet? No. Well, we, it snowed before uh, Halloween, you know, it just kind of dusted and then didn't, it didn't stick. Um, but it's been a good overcast for about three weeks. So I'm kind of wondering what the, what the sun looks like. Um, this is kind of, this is, we're getting close to the shorter, I think the shortest day of the year is usually like late November, early December. Uh, and I love winter, but it's the. Yeah, the, the, darkness, is the darkness is what's tough but you, the solution here is you, you got to get out do stuff and, and get some vitamin d if you can and and what have you but uh so you've done a lot of cool things and you got a lot of a lot of perspective <clears throat> you know and i'm i'm you know i'm i'm lucky to be in the position to have access and talk to students and a lot of times they ask me questions about you know what to do and where to go what 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 advice would you give to a a young budding professional coming out of school, coming out of Gonzaga, world's their oyster. Ooh, that's a tough one. I have many pieces, uh, but one for sure. First one, just be present. Enjoy what you have around you. I mean, Gonzaga, I said it earlier in the call, like best four years of my life. The people you meet, amazing. The experiences you get, great. Such a community. It's you, you're going to graduate from that place and you're going to feel proud that you went there. That's the beauty of it. But honestly, the bigger piece of advice that I would say is lean on others. Like you're not alone in this. You, we're all a team. Lean on others and let others lean on you. So like life is all about a team, like whether that's in school, in sports, at work, or even with family. Like when you're, when you have a family, you're a team. When you're, Part of a team like in sports like if i'm on the tennis team i was part of something bigger that's just myself like just make sure that you're just not close-minded and like focus on yourself but help others like and those people will help you it goes a long ways um and that's the it goes with like current students like reach out to former students let them help you like i had uh, a current gonzaga business student he's a sophomore at uh, least reached out to me on LinkedIn. And I was like, yeah, here's my phone number. Call me. Like, I love to help. Like I was in your shoes right. a couple of years ago, you know, like, I don't know. It's just like, you're not alone. And there's so many resources around you. Make sure that you, you're using them. Yeah. And when it's, when it's Zags for Zag, I mean, like <clears throat> when I, before I came back to Gonzaga, you know, if I got, if a, if a Zag reached out to me, it was almost like, oh, it's like a, a family member, a cousin 
course I'm going to help you. We're on the same team. I don't even know who you are, but we're on the same team. Like you're, you're one of mine. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Even, even like, like I said earlier in the call about accounting, I would have not been nearly as successful in accounting if it wasn't for the other students in the class that I get to study with. And we just pushed each other and learned from each other, taught each other things. I don't know, like that's the power of people. You know, you can learn something from every single person around you. Some good things, some bad things, but yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Don't look at me and do the opposite. Isn't like, like, uh -huh. so. Do you know? Do you? And this might be kind of hard to answer because there's probably more than one. But is there like a a favorite moment at Gonza? You talked earlier about how when the coach recruited you, and that was kind of like this this moment of you know yeah. things just in your life changed or turned. Is there was there a moment like that when you're at GU? Ooh. It's tough. I know. I know. A couple moments. I'll, I'll give you a couple. How about yeah. that? First one. I mean, freshman year when we made the, made the finals of the NCAs. That was like March Madness was crazy. I mean, just watching every March Madness game, like how people were crazy. I know it's probably not the best thing for the city, but some of the actions were taken. <laughs> yeah. But just living that as a student was unreal. Like the whole city just went crazy. Because right. this little Jesuit school in Spokane got to the finals of March Madness. So that was amazing. Uh, just, I don't know, built this pride on the school. And then two, I mean, I had so many great memories with my teammates. Uh, they're like family to me. Like I'm actually going to see one of my te former teammates from Mexico like next week here, down here. Um, but yeah, we like, we got second in the conference my junior year um, when we got a new coach. And when I came to Gonzaga, we had history of consistently getting bottom of the conference. And we ended up being able to go from bottom of the conference in two years to second in the conference with the exact same team. Um, all just from like, I think just like a change in mindset. Like that's what the new coach came in and, and got us to really just think differently and, and be more mentally tough. But just seeing that, like living, going from bottom to the top just by working hard and changing your mindset like taught me so much um but yeah and i don't know all the friendships that i've made at gonzaga have been amazing like it's it's great yeah so if you don't mind me asking you were you what year did you graduate 2020 right in during COVID. so okay so you're okay so that was the first final four in 17 so you got you got two final fours in your time mm -hmm. did you? yeah and, and what, uh, final four yeah but but we when we went to the final like the Jalen Suggs shot yeah, yeah that yeah. was the year after that was the next year. I did come to Gonzaga though for it like I was in I was in Bend Oregon I think and Gonzaga made the finals and uh we went to Spokane to watch it well we made we made this the final four and we went to Spokane to watch it we drove from Bend to Spokane to go watch it and I remember this I was uh watching it with the tennis guys. And Jalen Suggs hits that buzzer beater shot and the street goes crazy. Like everyone, you can see everyone just got out of their house. Yeah. Like the moment that shot went in, everyone went out of the house. It was pure madness. Yeah, that's wow. crazy. So that's that's so amazing because when I was a student, when we were in our it was actually the second time we made the tournament. Um, and you gotta understand before before that, I mean, we were just like a, you know, we, we would go <clears throat> my freshman sophomore year it's like oh if we could beat Pepperdine and Santa Clara at home it'd be awesome you know and 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 maybe you know if we can get into the WCC tournament we might we'd get into the tournament but hoping for a shot at the big dance and then we we go to the elite eight same thing like sweet 16 there was a buzzer beater kind of a they call it the runner a guy named Casey Calvary does a tip in and then the clock goes out and runs out into the street we're out in front of DeSmet ESPN was there. People are just going nuts. I'm, I'm, I'm for some oh, cool. And yeah. like, you know what's also even more amazing about those kind of moments because we're such a small school. You almost like all faces are so, like familiar. You see all your friends out on the street, just like totally. loving the moment. Whereas, like, I feel like if you went to like a huge state school, yeah, like you would see a ton of people out on the street, but you wouldn't necessarily be around a bunch of people that you know. Totally. So, so, totally so, what a great career. no i yeah no i was yeah I, i've actually been on the other side of that it, i was i was a, i was in law school at the university of florida when they won their won the, the title and it was i mean 
same thing on the street. You don't see anybody you know by any stretch. It's like a totally different different scenario. Of, I don't know how many students they probably had 20,000, 25,000. But um, well, that's awesome. Is any, anything I I didn't I should have asked you that I didn't or anything we didn't talk about anything. Mm, I think kind of think I kind of covered it all. I mean, what about you? How's life? Like, how are the students? Like, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, I'm excited. I outside chance I teach in Guam this summer, uh, and then slated for Florence spring after that. So, you know, students are great. And and you were talking earlier about faculty. I just I can't emphasize enough that we we get good kids, good students at Gonzaga, and they make they make us look good at the end of the day. Our job's pretty easy. No, um, and, and again, I don't know what it is. It, the admissions does a good job, or however we attract uh, these exceptional individuals. Um, so yeah, students are great. Um, we're cruising along. You know, COVID, it was, I mean, obviously turned everything upside down. Uh, through the COVID years, um, recruiting was 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 nuts. I, I feel like everyone and their second cousin had a SPAC. And so we saw a huge recruitment from accounting firms for like their M&A deals groups. Hmm. Um, and so it was like, wow, this must be the new normal. That's kind of bounced back a little bit. Um, but I mean, recruiting still strong. Um, you know, they love Zags. And, I, and, I, and again, I would like to take credit for that. In part, it's you guys taking classes over at College Hall that are teaching you how to think and write and articulate and, and doing presentations and, and just makes us look good. Um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, uh, life's good. I, I can't, I can't complain. You know, I got two healthy kids. Um, and my wife's had some health struggles, but I think she's starting to pull out of them. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I can't complain, man. When you're, when you're, if you come through Spokane, you got to let me know, man. We'll get, we'll yeah. get I'm, I'm planning to go up there. Planning to go up there in the spring to catch a, one of the tennis matches, maybe even a basketball game, and, and see all of you. But yeah, if you, and if you go to a tennis match, let me know because my my wife loves it. Um, really? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. She it's like tennis and cross country is like her her thing, and and she wants to. She's trying to steer the kids towards it. My kids are more into basketball right now, but uh, 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 but um, but yeah. Well, great uh, man. Hey, well, I appreciate you. Always yeah, good, good to see you. And uh, yeah, keep on keeping on. Yeah, and I'll give one more piece of advice for students. Yeah. Go to office hours. Don't be that person that's like, oh, I'll go to office hours is not like the cool thing to do. All right. Going to office hours saved me, like made me be way more successful. You build a relationship with your professor and that's what you guys are there for. You want to help us succeed. And that's the beauty about Gonzaga, you know, we have smaller classrooms where you have access to go to office hours. So. Yeah. so so true you guys heard it here yeah. says, go to office hours awesome all right thanks buddy all right thank you great to see you thank you for listening to the g suite podcast this episode was produced and hosted by andrew brassich and edited by jack talbot to find more G Suite and many other podcasts on the Gonzaga Podcast Network, remember to check out gonzaga.edu slash podcasts. Thanks again.